12 yards. Three each after four each. Back up. Pickford stops it. Eric Dyer places the ball on the spot. And England win on penalties. History in itself. Oh my days. Oh Get my it. days. I'm still smiling. <laughs> what a result. What a result. I don't, when was the last time? Just who remembers? Just quickly, by the way, it's us, three lines and a kelp. We're a little bit excited, as I'm sure you can imagine. I'm joined, as always, by myself, Andy Scott. I got Dave Lee to my right. Hello, Dave. Yes, mate. It's coming home. All right, relax, mate. No need to shout. <laughs> I got Naz in front of me. Naz, no hack, hello. Shout all you want. It is coming home. And I've got the most miserable man in the studio <laughs> sitting to my coach. Tommy, say hello. Hello, Andy. Yeah, good sir. One nil, Columbia. You pretty did, didn't you? Mug. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> foolish. Three lines and a Celt. You can obviously find us on Facebook. Uh, three lines and a Celt on all good places that you find podcasts. Uh, you may have noticed that uh, that we were we were absent without leave uh, after the uh, or before the Columbia game. We did actually record something. Uh, who's going to put their hand up to admit that they stuffed it up? And that's why I didn't get uploaded. Oh, the book's getting passed here, but you can <laughs> you can stop looking this way, by the way. Well, Naz, you know what they say, whoever talks first loses. So, I was uh, playing footy training, getting messages out of nowhere. I, I don't know what was going on. I think we'll get to that. But look, let, let's get on to the exciting stuff. Obviously, England threw in, in penalties. Uh, first time England got through to the uh, quarter since Germany in 2006. Uh, history making. As the commentary said, that is the first time England have won a penalty shootout in a World Cup. We've only actually ever won one other penalty shootout. Does anyone anyone know what that is? 96 Spain Euros. Yeah, Stuart Pearce with his crazy roar. I'm actually old enough. I saw a list the other day of all England's penalty shootouts, and I've seen every single one. I'm old enough to remember every single one. So, yeah, it was uh, particularly pleasing. Did, For did, those did, of you that are listening, Andy is 84 years yeah. old. He's in a wheelchair. And he actually seen it when England won the first World Cup back in 66. And he also <laughs> owes Jesus a fiver. He was 30 <laughs> when he won it. <laughs> it's very true. So, yeah, we won one out of the last seven. Uh, the, the other ones that we've done, that we've lost West Germany, obviously, uh, in 1990. Euros 96 against Germany, we've just mentioned. Mentioned uh, Argentines in '98, Portugal in 2004 in the Euros, Portugal in 2006 in the Euros, and uh, oh, sorry, in the World Cup, and uh, of course Italy in the Euros in 2012. Where did we watch the game? Yeah, mm. me and Naz were in a familiar spot in the casino. Like it was, uh, we say this every time that it's wild, but this was just fucking berserk. <laughs> You've never seen something. There's absolute scenes at Final Whistle. Like, I've never been so close to being sick. Like, when that when Henderson missed, I just thought, for fuck's sake, every time. But then when that went in, like, when I mean carnage prevailed, there was pints everywhere, tables flipped. It was just ridiculous, wasn't it, Naz? Oh, I think for the whole two and a half years that I've been in this country, I don't think I've ever felt like I've been at home more than in that casino at the, at the time where Dyer scored that pen, it was just hugging people that I <laughs> felt like I'd known for the the whole time I've been on this planet. Like, just everyone was just jumping about the, the kind of joyous occasion it was, was, I think it was rightfully so as well, you know? Like, a pen shootout is is beyond my wildest dreams, but I think that's what we needed to, to fully justify us winning this World Cup. It was class because there was at least three, four hundred Colombians in the casino as well. So when they scored that last minute, they went absolutely mental. Well, I was, yeah, I was going to ask about that because I, it, 
we'll get into the game in a bit more detail. But when that equaliser went in in what ninety second, ninety third minute, what what was the attitude in in the casino oh, when that happened? I what don't was know. what? So every head from Englishmen was down, like a head in hands. But the Columbians were like, we know that they they like to party anyway. But they went fucking crazy, didn't yeah. they? Fair play to them as well. Yeah, you know, they, they, were, they were good through the whole game. You know, like they they were cheering through the whole game, but. I think you've got two sets of fans, England fans anyway. I think you've got the fans who are just generally knobheads who give us a bad name, who are just slagging England off when that goal went in. Or you've got the other half. I think me and Dave were just sort of obviously disappointed, head in our hands, but we haven't lost the game. You know, like it's just one of them. You're disappointed, obviously you're feeling a bit sick, you, you're waiting for extra time, but... Oh, we were devastated. Silence, mate. yeah. It was just solemn silence. It was, it was, just, yeah. The atmosphere about in my you? house was absolutely electric. When <laughs> yeah, I, I bet it was. You bet the Columbia win, didn't you? On my own. Um, very happy. Uh, but the game itself, from someone who uh, is somewhat neutral, um, was a very entertaining farce, I would describe it. Um, lots of end to end. It was good to watch. But the quality wasn't great. Um, but I think that, uh, yeah, we, I'm, sur- I'm, I'm sure that we're going to come on to a few of the points. Um, but yeah, no, it, was, it was a good game to watch. And I think that I'll give England their dues um, to go from, to go from, you know, that late equaliser to be quite dejected in, the, um, in extra time um, to, you know, going, going, looking like they were going to lose the penalties and then pick for never bringing out like that. Never pick for brilliant save. Let's talk about the game then. Let's let's talk about the first half. How, do, how did we start? How did you guys see it? Gio, I was so worried. I thought we were going to come out the traps and we were going to go, same as we did for Panama, just fucking fly at them. But Lord, we were so, we were so reserved um, in in what we were doing. Like um, it, Part of it was like old England. But yeah, do you know, I, I was just impressed that we we were still on top. I still say we were the dominant one um, when it when it come towards half time, and then and then yeah, like I think we 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 deserved the goal when we got it. Naz, what did you think? I, I still think we stuck to a game plan. I think <clears throat> I think when it comes to the knockout stages, it's it's got to change a little bit. You know, you can't have the same sort of. You've got fallbacks in the group stages in terms of the way you play. You know, you can be a bit more adventurous but I think we, we still try to stick to our guns um, that that back five is just something that I I just love Gareth Southgate bringing that in mm. um, just the way that we play um, mm. you know John Stones bringing it out the back just being sort of that central point he plays centre mid for a lot of the time um, when when sort of when he starting attacks and I just think that back five deserve a lot of credit for, for the way that they played Are we in danger of overplaying it out the back like that because there were, there were a few times where it was it's like you're playing piggy in the middle with one of their forwards with really late passes to do little triangles that if they clipped out, it would have been... But they worked. We're in a you, world you, of trouble. You, yeah, you're saying that, but the amount of times we played triangles on the edge of our 18-yard box and it just worked a treat. It was just... That's not England. That's not England. Until Walker, second half. Yeah, like we, if yeah. that's Brazil or France, when Walker loses it on the halfway line, being too complacent, that's a goal 100%. It's just yeah. lucky. Quadrado, we've all seen him over the years. He is absolutely cack. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I think so. We got... There were times where we could have been less lucky, but yeah, it made me nervous. I don't, I don't mind telling you, it made me nervous to watch. Is, is part of that... Because look, obviously, Harry Kane won the penalty, was a penalty. I don't think there's any debate. You know, I've seen some... 
pressing Colombian circles suggesting that maybe it wasn't it's and ridiculous. Harry Kane started it and whatever but it, obviously a penalty we didn't create that much though outside of that penalty I mean really I, I can't think of any really clear cut chances that we have apart from Dyer's header at the end I can't think of any clear cut chances is that is that fair was that just because Colombia were good or, or are we running out of huff and puff I think Ali had one good chance, clear chance. It was that header that, that went over um, after Maguire's did he dive, did he not? Um, he, he could have scored he that. But yeah, he definitely did dive. But you know, <laughs> I, I think it was one of those we had to get the job done. They forced us into their game at the end of the day. They were, the, the I think John Stone said it was the dirtiest team he's ever played against like yeah. their tactics. they were, they were I think it, they elbowed or shouldered Sterling when he walked off the pitch. They just dragged us into their game. So those, they're always going to be a scrap. Well, look, we'll get on to the, uh, I think, the ref and the, the general quality of the game. But now you brought it up, the three sort of penalty shouts that there were. Obviously, Kane's one, yeah, definite pen. Then there was the incident with Henderson uh, and then the incident with Maguire as well and, and the incident with Lingard as well. Were any of them... Penalties, not penalties. Should we have more, Tommy? Uh, I think, um, obviously, Keynes was definitely a penalty. Maguire's um, was not. He, he went down very easy there, um, looking for another um, Kane back in that pen. Uh, Lingard's, I think, was a penalty um, when he went down. Uh, but, yeah, the, the, the referee was... like I, I'm not one to complain about the referee, but looking at that, it kind of made you think about Graham Pohl back in 2006 giving three uh three yellow cards to the same man he just he couldn't he couldn't control the game at all no I mean he tried to control it through negotiation right rather than just laying down the law Naz what about the penalty shouts what did he should we have more was it just the one no I think he's got I think he's got them all pretty right I think it's I don't think it's so much the decisions I think it's just more the repercussions after I think he just sort of lost the game a bit after not you know, he should have been dishing out yellow cards, reprimanding a bit earlier, you know. Um, but at the same time, uh, I think, I don't know if we're going to come on to this or not, the, the Henderson headbutt, is that... Is that well, yeah, I'm surprised no one <clears throat> mentioned that. To me, that's an... Absolute, I mean, from my point of view, I don't think the Lingard one was. I think he, the guy slid alongside him and he sort of tripped himself up. I think the Maguire one actually was. When I first saw it, I thought he wasn't, go he wasn't trying to get a pen. I don't think he threw his arms up, but... There was an angle from looking towards a, the Columbia goal. And you can see as he just gets his toe to the ball, Columbia player takes his foot. It you know, it does. And that's that's why he feels, yeah, yeah, he knocks his foot. You can see it. So that's that's why he goes down. Is that down. the Lingard one? No, no, no. Oh, that's, the, that's the Maguire one. Yeah, okay. So I actually thought that, I mean, it would have been a freaking soft penalty, but there's an argument for it. But the Henderson one was unbe unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. He's headed. It has to be a red. He's given someone a headbutt. And, and granted, not the worst headbutt. I mean, it was no Zidane in the World Cup final, but it was. It he's gone in at his head. He's moved it up. He's hit him in the jaw. <laughs> Henderson has gone down like a sack of the proverbial. But even so, I I don't understand what the ref was doing. I don't understand how the process works. I don't understand why he's obviously had someone in his ear because the ref didn't see the incident, right? So he's had someone in his ear. Why he didn't go to the VAR to look at it, I don't know. So then to be told, yeah, is you probably need to give him a yellow card. Has to absolutely be staggered. It has to be a red and a penalty to me. Has it to can't be. be a penalty. Or, or, or it can't be a penalty. Yeah, but it has but, to be in play. But at the, the same has to time, be in play for it to be a pen. But, but it has to be a red card. Well, it but, shows what I know about. But the but but at the same time, though, if he gives, if he sends um, Barrios off, 
he's got to send Hendo off for his one as well. It was soft as Henderson's was. Yeah. If the law's already if the literally law's already been put down, Henson doesn't do that later. You it, know, I think the fact that the ref lost complete it basically was a free for all. You can do what you want and then you can argue in my face about what shouldn't be shouldn't be done and all those sorts of things. It's as if the ref was, you know, he, he clearly didn't see it, but it's as if he let the the player's disputes influence his decision. It's like, well, I didn't see it, so I don't want to send him off. But also these lads are really pissed off, so maybe I'll just give them a, a yellow card. Yeah, that's that's, that's that's how it came across. And the reason people don't like the ref in the game is because he's supposed to be a dictator. He's supposed to say, "Listen, this is what's happening. My word is the final word, and that's it." But he was almost letting the players dictate his decisions. Yeah, well, he, he was half a dictator, wasn't he? He was just a dick. That's the whole reason for VAR. That's the whole point. They've got to get out of jail card now. If they can't handle the game, then they can at least go to the the camera and say, look, was it or was it not? And if he had gone over, then it had to have been a red card. I thought what was funny is Diego Maradona after the game, he was like, they should have used VAR. They should have used VAR. Seeing like... Jeez, if they'd used it, yeah, if they used it to him, like we, the history would be completely different. I, I, I don't think the refs done any of the global footballing community who just think America's not got a space in football. I don't think the refs done any favors for the American nation. Of, oh, of look, that guy, that guy's been on the FIFA list for like I think about ten years, so he's he's not some numpty yeah, that they've just schmuck, yeah. yeah. He's and that was like his fifth or sixth World Cup game. I, I think. Part, I think the refs have been reasonably lenient in this tournament. I think that shows in the lack of, or the fewer yellow and red cards that we've had. And I think that's to be applauded across the board. But I think he got caught that, well, the instruction is don't go card happy. But when that game got out of control, he he, he should have brought it back and he didn't bring it back. And I think that was, you know, he made a rod for his own back. He, he really didn't it move forward like that. I mean, it was, there were, what, there were 36 fouls in the game, eight yellow cards, which... By this World Cup standard, Mental, is isn't it? Yeah, only, crazy. only one stat that counts, though, isn't it? There is only one stat yeah. that counts. Yeah. In terms of what the ref could have done better, what they should have done more of, is, I mean, do FIFA have a responsibility to do something? And I was at the, I actually go to watch the AFL, which is the Aussie rules for, for those that don't know. Bizarre game, but absolutely brilliant <laughs> game. Get into it, I assure you. But what's, I was talking to my mate during the Columbia game, and what really stood out to us is that in Aussie rules, the players don't have any impact really on how the game is managed in terms of the time, in terms of fouls, in terms of free kicks, in terms of getting up in front of the rest of the face and all those sorts of things. And it really struck us how much influence players can have on actually dictating the management of the game rather than just playing the game. I mean, what, what if, do FIFA need to do anything? What do they need to do? Yeah, I think they need to take a similar approach to rugby. Like in rugby, you just don't say boo to a goose when it comes to the, to the ref and if you do you're off it is that simple but they've just got, the egos are far too high in football like we all know it yeah uh, rug, rugby's a, a different sport like all communication with the ref is is put through the captain in rugby um and it's a, a more i suppose gentlemanly sport in, in that respect and that yeah we we respect the ref and we we will we'll communicate our grievances through our captain whereas football's not that game um but i think in terms of how they need to structure um, you know, bringing in some sort of limit to the amount of VAR challenges that you can bring in uh, could be something that you could do. Uh, at least that way, each team will know we've got three challenges each half. Um, and, you know, if, if we don't agree with the ref, we can we can we can chuck a, uh, you know, a flag on the play as the Americans do. Something like that to, to bring a little bit of uniformity so everyone knows 
where the boundary lies because at the moment there is no boundary and that's where mm-hmm. you're getting the problems uh, and the dissent um in instances like in the columbia game it's part of the problem because look we're english and tommy obviously you're not uh but we come from countries where there's generally a respect for the rule of law and authority uh, and those so generally speaking yeah we all like the cops but generally speaking there is a we don't have complete contempt for authority in these countries and certainly when you mention rugby all, all those countries fall into that category there's a genuine respect for authority in that a lot of countries there isn't that necessary respect a lot of countries have come up in a system that is insanely corrupt the powers that be are just Columbia. milking them, you know, uh, just yeah. milk it. And not just Columbia, loads of other countries, but just milking it for all they're worth. And so if you're, you know, not one of the, not in the gang, in the man gang, as it were, then why would you? Why do you, why do you care? Is that, I mean, is it, are we being a bit naive as English people going, oh, it's disgraceful. It shouldn't be allowed. They should do that. Do we, do we just have to accept that that's because it's a genuine global game? That's what's going to happen. No, they've they've just let it go on for too long. So this could be nipped in the bud. It's the same as anything. Like if you're just talking about law, like as soon as you stamp down on it, that's how things stop. So if they were to the first few games, if people and this is the problem is it's been happening for years, one years, one years. If mm. ten years ago he's given red cards out and it was a farce of a group stage in the World Cups where everybody talked about that there's red cards every time there's dissent, then the next time the next game it just doesn't happen because you know, just like now there's going to be talk of you can't hold somebody in the penalty area because if you do, then it's going to be a pen. It's, it works exactly the same way. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I think that tr- that what what you're talking about there, Andy. I think it becomes less of a footballing issue and it becomes sociological almost you know like in terms of nations and countries and and just the way that they're nothing to do with football just the way Mm -hmm. that their countries ran the attitudes they have the different cultures that they've grew up in like that that's what it gets down to really at the end of the day um and you can see that in the way that they 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 play football in the way that they they talk to refs and Mm. basically just echoing the point that you make you know (laughs) you can't really you can't really change it in football because then you have to change a whole social <laughs> social culture basically and, and you're never going to do that no. so i don't think we're ever going to see a change in that i think it's always going to be the case that the, the latin americans are going to be sort of Neymar style rolling around you're always going to have that um you know that like the serbians are always going to be hard hitting and and really sort of ruthless in the way they're going for tackles and and that's just that's just the way that it's always going to be you know um i think one stat i seen as well the other day was Neymar has spent over 13 minutes on the ground through this World Cup. So that's a that's a lengthy amount of time it to is. be on the floor. And look, I, I, Neymar annoys the crap out of me. A, because he's so supremely yeah, talented. That's, that's why, and he does yeah. some stuff and it's just like, oh. But he goes down far too easily. And don't get me wrong, he is fouled. He's sinned against more of them than he sins. No question about that. No question about it. He's a good player. He gets treatment every game from people. But you mentioned about the time there that it took. And, and I think back to the time with, certainly with the Hendo incident in the Columbia game, where it was sort of four minutes elapsed. And there was only three minutes of time added on in that half. In the penalty for Kane, it was like three and a half minutes between it being awarded and it being taken. And there was, what, five minutes added on at the end of full time. Do we need to move to stop clock? In football, as soon as the ball goes out, as soon as the ref's whistles go, bang, clock stops, time off. Yeah, but do you, do you then change it to a 70-minute game? Yeah, I think you'd have to. 
I think you have to. But there's quite a lot of analysis done of football that the game, the ball is only in a typical, even the blood and thunder of the Premier League, the ball's only active for like, on average, 25 minutes anyway. So 20 minutes is waiting for people to take goal kicks, throw-ons, corners, subs, setting up for free kicks, so all that sort of stuff that goes on that you don't necessarily notice. And I think it would be a seismic shift to get people's head around it. But to me, the bottom line is, it gets this idea of game management, it gets totally rid of. You know, you see it now with players, now you're about to get subbed off, mate. Go to the far side of the pitch, yeah. then walk back, shake everybody's hands, go and shake the ref's hand, clap the fans, yeah. do that sort of running on the spot jogging just to eke out it's time. class that running on the yeah. spot, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. But players staying down as well, you know. it's it's And, and they get it. I, I th- what I thought was fascinating in the Uruguay-Portugal game where uh, uh, Cannavani went down and uh, you saw... Uh, Ronaldo, your mate Ronnie knows Ronaldo yeah. go over and help him up him that, and, yeah. and move him off the pitch <laughs> and it's like hasn't he done a great thing has he, has he he knows exactly what's going on while you're on the pitch we can't play mm-hmm. I get you off the pitch we can play and I just think because he knows time's running out you know Portugal are behind they need goals and I just think if you've got a stop clock it's like clock mate you want to roll about Neymar? You want to roll about for five minutes, mate? You do that. I don't, Not a problem. If you want to take five minutes to walk off on the pitch on the sub, you do that. I don't mind the stop clock, but I don't think we need to bring the minutes of the game down. If you're if you're getting paid as much as you are, and the game's moved along so much now that you know we don't have to bring the time down. When, when, if you're I, just playing longer and you have to be fitter, that, that's the to, way it's got to be. To give you, you know? a caveat to that, right? AFL plays stop clock, <clears throat> twenty-minute quarters. A quarter will typically go for a. Anywhere between about twenty-eight and thirty-five minutes. Yeah, and there but aren't and are... there aren't yeah, but there aren't that many stoppages. If you're doing forty-five-minute stop clock, that half is going to take an hour. As, and 15 as yeah, but to those, those guys are freaks, though. Like you, in the NFL, yeah, those guys are but absolutely. No, but the point I'm making is that you've turned a ninety-minute game from start to finish into a three-hour game. If you could do forty-five-minute stop clock, I think that that's just too much. Too as much. well as that, you probably end up a reverse kind of clock management system. Where if you're behind by a goal, you'll start disrupting the other team by just hoofing it out, so that'll stop the clock and maybe give you time to to collect your your yeah, thoughts I, a bit more. I think you're right, but that that happens anyway. Yeah, but the more that, football that happens better, anyway, right? If we're playing three-hour games, get in <laughs> even more footy to watch. That's a lot more beers to drink, <laughs> right, isn't it? Let's, exactly. Let's be honest. Oh, look, let's let's move away. Look, I don't know if there's an easy fix, uh, and any any suggestion is always going to be radical. Uh, and no doubt FIFA would like to do their own version on it because they refuse to take yeah, insight from other sports that have done these things. But look, let's get to to the main event, the penalty shootout. Oh. Oh. What did we think? I was absolutely going in, going in my it. pants. Yeah. <laughs> Us, Dave, we, we, we went up the mixer basically because we were in the mixer for the whole, whole game, in and amongst it. And then me, Dave, and uh, my other mate, Dave, we just sort of looked at each other and we were like, I can't do this in here. My heart's about to come up my mouth. I'm stripping a sweat, and um, so we watched it up out the out of the mixer, and oh, for good reason as well. Yeah, to be fair, it was like if we had stayed where we were, we were right next to the Colombians as well. I just don't know if I could take that heartbreak. Do you know what I mean? So it was like yeah, okay, I took the ca- we took the cowards' way out. If we go out, we're going to be the first out of the casino. So, but then the way it prevailed. It, it was just ridiculous. As soon as Henderson missed, like I can't even explain how sick yeah. I felt then. And then for for Pickford, that the strongest, the god left hand that went up. Not bad for a short bloke, eh? Yeah, yeah he's, he, I think um, 
I, like all that whole pen shootout as well. But my oh, my mate Dave was saying, um, Eric Dyer have one, and I was like, why do you keep saying Eric Dyer have one? And he's like, I'm telling you now, Eric Dyer have one. I was like, stop saying that. Like, if there's one person that don't want to take a penalty, it's Eric Dyer. All right, he's not getting one. Fifth pen. <laughs> Here he is picking up it. the ball. I'm like, Millsy, you better be right. Uh, I must admit, Dave, I thought of you when, when A, when Dyer came on, because I thought, oh, there goes. It's Dave's favourite player. Then when he missed that header and then the extra time, and then when he stepped up the end, I thought, oh, here we go. It's the trifecta. I actually felt, I actually felt strangely calm when the penalty started. I, I didn't, I don't know why, I felt worse when extra time started. Uh, I think I texted you guys about it. It was like, because the, the, I thought we played really well for the 90 minutes. I thought we'd managed the game well. I thought we'd restricted Columbia there. They came back into it a bit in the last 10, 15. But nothing really... It wasn't panic stations, many stretch of the imagination. But that first 20 minutes of certainly the first half of extra time, it was like we got sort of New England, taken them off the pitch and grabbed Old England and go, mm-hmm. go on, lads. Yeah. On you go over it. We were suddenly devoid of ideas, devoid of... And I know there was personal changes, but that was when I was really like, oh, God. That's when and, I thought that Colombia would uh, perhaps come back. Yeah, it looked like there was any, it, you know, because it really did control yeah. and dominate the the, the extra time. Yeah, we could, we came, gone out, came, came yeah. back into it oh, in, in gotcha. a big way. Yeah, I mean, like gotcha. you got a dark tower like uh, Yerry Mina in there. You know, he, he's always going to be dangerous. But I think when we put Vardy on, <clears throat> I think obviously that no one was expecting that ninety third minute, right? And then when that goes in, it's just like, like you said, it's just like, oh. Jeez, we've already put Vardy on the here. Word. We're going to have to yeah. just roll with it now. <laughs> the worst thing about that goal is because Pickford's save was just unbelievable. That yeah, was yeah, worthy yeah, of winning yeah, the game yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then for, it just counts It's for only nothing. in a couple of days afterwards that people have sort of gone, actually, that was probably one of the saves of the World Cup, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> Technically an assist, but, you know, whatever it was. Yeah, it, yeah go on then. Sorry, I was just going to say as, as well, not just about that save on Pickford, though. He's like, I was so happy that he was starting keeper as well from the beginning because his feet are not English like for a keeper like for him to have feet like that he he was like he was playing as so Stones was basically dropping in to basically trying to be a bit more of an attacking defender and he was pretty much playing on that back line as a sweeper sweeper sweeper, keeper and he's an option like he's always an option for for a triangle for whatever the way he was spraying the ball about he deserves so much credit not just for his saves but his feet as well because it becomes an option so quickly I think if we look at, the, there's a couple of quotes that I saw from Southgate after the shootout. And I think it's one of the things that sort of annoyed me and friends of mine as well. When we talk about the lottery of the penalty shootout and, and somehow it's, and I think that's a monkey that England have had in their back that somehow it's completely out of our control. And Southgate said after, said, we talked long and hard about owning the process of a shootout. They kept calm. And there was a quote from Maguire and he didn't even you know, he didn't take a penalty, but he said, the gaffer's been reiterating, it's not all about luck. It's a skill under pressure. And I think, with the exception of Henderson, when he stepped up, I, I, as soon as he started juggling the ball, I was oh, like, God. Oh, when he missed that after juggling that, I thought, oh, yeah, it's brilliant. As soon as you do that, it's like, you're missing. But every, everyone else, it looked like they had a plan and executed it. I mean, Kane got, I mean, guys got, you know, he's got serious kahunas, right? But the guy sits there, takes a great penalty, just calm so it was like that's a good pen and even when Columbia started banging in their good pens it was like well that's okay Rashford steps up great under pressure smashes another great pen you know, yeah. even he, Henderson's penalty wasn't that bad good pen, with, yeah. with, the, with the exception of obviously Henderson's miss and um, actually Dyer's winner they were brilliant penalties yeah the quality I, I, of those penalties. Awesome. And I, I guarantee that Southgate will have been drilling 
those lads on on penalties and it's it's yeah. paid dividends and i just think he's had a plan from the beginning right and and i think that's always been a part of the plan and just this whole new vibe england team is it's just something about this new vibe england team where i just thought these sort of players are the type of players where they'll be practicing pens outside of this world cup all the time they'll be practicing free kicks celebrations things like that right that's just all a part of their game and i think back in the day when we had an england shootout I think there was just like this this air of like righteousness from the players that because we're England, because we're these Premier League players, we'll, we'll do all right in this World Cup mm. and we'll do all right in this pen comp because we're, we're these Premier League players and and, and it, it is you know if we, if we don't get if we don't score it'll be luck we'll just go through but I think um, yeah like I said I just think these players there's something different about these they're young they they're just they've got a different style of football they've got a different mindset to them like dave made a point i think in the first podcast they just got a different they manage the game much better you know they'll take that foul in the 90th minute when we need it instead of like let's get another goal you know they'll they'll, they'll take a tap and bang they're down and i think it was one of the quotes Gareth Southgate was saying um you know maybe we've just got the type of players now that are or can manage the i can't remember the quote but basically just we said saying, no, maybe now we're playing by the, the rules, world's rules, yeah. The, rules the, of the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah exactly, know. right. And he summed it up perfectly there, yeah. I think. He did add at the end, you know, if they go down, it's because they were fouled. Which, yeah. Mm, yeah, maybe. Yeah, do you know what? I just keep thinking about after that penalty from Dyer that went in, everybody running over to Pickford. Like, you can imagine, it makes you think of even when you played schoolboy football yeah. and you win, a, you win a penalty shootout. Yeah. It's so relatable. <laughs> like, it gives me goosebumps even thinking about well, that. that I, I thought that was quite funny because, like, Dyer's scored it. Yes, I've scored. He turns around almost expecting that from <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But no. And you can see he's got like this sort of look of realisation of like, they're not coming to me, are they? That, <laughs> but, I better go and join but, everybody but that, else. But that leads me to think that that's why he took pen five because I had no confidence in Dyer really taking a pen. But that just leads me to think that they all knew that he was great at pens, right? So they all thought he was going to put it away. But they thought Pickford's the real hero for saving it, right? They just had this. Yeah, I thought Dyer's his pen. Was, I thought Dice pen was the worst of the lot. Yeah, it, yeah, it definitely was. It was hundred percent. Definitely. All right. Well, what of course that means is that we have a date with destiny. It's Sweden. on midnight on Saturday here in Australia. I think it's in the middle of the afternoon in England. Uh, does anyone know our record against Sweden? One, recent, win, one win and eight, I think it is. Yeah, I or two wins and twelve or something. Yeah, yeah. not very good at all. Uh, consistently struggle to to yeah. beat them. Consistently lose against them as well. I think. Will yeah. it be different this time? I think Southgate has said that we underestimate them. We we all underestimate them, but I think underestimate really overestimate. <laughs> no, Overest- underestimate them. Yeah, we underestimate how good they are. Like they every there's a reason. Or we overestimate would, how good would, we are. I would I would I wouldn't think that being in the office. It's coming home every day. True, but I'm not saying we're not going to win. I just think it's going to be harder than what people think. I think it's going to be 1-0 Harry Kane Penn. Like, <laughs> the inevitable. Well, is that is that, the, in many ways, are they an ideal opponent for us? Because we do we do struggle to create a lot from open mm-hmm. play, but so does Sweden. You know, Sweden are hardly, uh, hardly the goal machines. And you've seen the, the goals that they've come, you know, the deflection against Switzerland, the goal they got against, with the exception of uh, when they won 3-0 in the groups, where Mexico sort of self-destructed a little bit. They haven't really created a lot. You know, the goals they created against Germany were they had few and far chances between uh, to get anything in that game. And is that, 
is that just how it's is that good yeah. for us that yeah, we don't have to worry about that absolutely because I think the major difference with them is there's no Ibrahimovic anymore because if he was in that team I think they've got a chance of getting some sort of attacking threat like Fosberg well, I think they're better for him not being in that team I just think oh, Fos- that Fosberg who plays for like Leipzig or something he's he looks handy he's been trying to like sort of you know he's, he's a good option for them but Marcus Berg's an absolute donut like he's, he's just cat. he's terrible if he's their main line of attack hopefully like he shouldn't get a sniff in that game because he has been so poor but Fosberg you know they're not they're not here for no reason um but I think I made the point in the last podcast as well is we don't need to be the underdogs I think we need to be that team where we can see that we can see a team ahead of us and we're like look we've got every chance of beating this team yeah right well Um, all four teams left on this side of the draw all think exactly there won't be one single country that doesn't think we can get to the final. And, every every one of those other teams we can beat. And also, apparently, the the skipper for Sweden, his wife is about to have a baby any day now. So she, so she's saying she doesn't want him home. He's saying he wants to be home. And then I'm just thinking, look, mate, I know you're a captain of your country and that, right? But if your kid's being born, yeah, you should right probably thing, get yourself back home and you know do the right thing. And also, it's because then. They'll have a pretty weak defence, I think, because he's a bit of a beast. Yeah, they're, your, they're your wife said she doesn't want you back and you're going to listen to her, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. that always works out, doesn't and it? And also, he's a cracking pen taker. He's, he's a cracking <laughs> pen taker as well. I think he's I think he's a top scorer, to be honest. So, <laughs> Yeah, look, I, I I thought, oh, well, not that we can prove it because someone didn't put it out, Naz. Uh, but I thought nope. Colombia would score against us. You know, I said that at the time. and But I don't think Sweden will. I, I don't think Sweden will get a goal against us. Uh, whether we can get a goal is another matter altogether. But yeah, I I, I don't think Sweden will score. I think uh, don't don't under underestimate uh, Sweden at your peril because the the qualifying campaign for Sweden they beat France two one. Uh, they finished ahead of uh, the Netherlands. They put Italy out. All three of those teams on paper are better than Sweden. They also topped their group ahead of Germany. Germany were in that group. Uh, so they can set up when they're the underdog to, to beat big teams. It won't look pretty. Uh, I think, you know, you're, you're not going to see many goals in the game, but I wouldn't underestimate um, Sweden by any any stretch of the imagination. What, what I got from that there was Tommy calling England a big team. That's all I heard. Yeah. Thanks, Tommy. No, they are, on, on paper, they're the favourites, 100%. Um, but like I say, we've seen... Stranger upsets in this World Cup than than Sweden beating England. You know what? I don't, I don't think that's unfair, unfair. to no, no, call Sweden no. the favourites. To be honest, you know, with it, with the greatest will in the world, who have we beaten in this World Cup? Colombia and a weakened Colombia, Panama and Tunisia. Yeah, it's hardly glowing, <laughs> is it? Let's be honest. Whereas no one's going to care. Sweet <laughs> last minute wonder goal stops Sweden getting a point against Germany. Dealt with Mexico. Were deserved winners probably against Switzerland. Switzerland huffed and puffed, but didn't create much. So I don't know. I, I'm I'm wouldn't say quietly confident, but yeah, I'd, why not? Why not? If we play right? our very best, yeah. why not? You have to be confident. Absolutely, why not? So what do we think? Predictions, Tommy. One uh, nil Sweden. Oh, it's bollocks! It's just saying it. Like, <laughs> yeah. said, forget that. Yeah. that. We'll edit yeah. that out. We'll edit okay, that so, out. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so for those that don't know, because we didn't put this up, Tommy actually predicted one nil for Colombia. The other Shooter. night, so I'm actually quite happy. Let, let's to hear let's and listen to the other, other yeah. predictions yeah. though. I'm actually for, quite for happy for full to... context there. No, let's we had not. we had no, two, no, two nil in normal time. Tommy, you got it wrong. It's all right. Deal, two, deal with your I'm own gonna, teams. I'm going to plump for three one England. 
Um, I think I think we're always susceptible to a goal. That's all. I think they've got some big lads at the back, so a corner might go in. But three goals for us. Well, I've just said mine. One nil. Harry Kane. Peno. Yeah, I. I think it's going to penalties, lads. Oh, Doesn't God. matter because we're going to win it anyway. We're brought the dogs. And I think we're going to win it. Yeah, oh, yes, I do. That is what I think. All right, that's all we've got time for today. Uh, look, enjoy yourself watching the game. I know we will we, we be. Uh, make sure you uh, find us on Facebook, Three Lines on a Kelt. If you're not subscribed already, please do because we'll have another episode coming up, whatever happens uh, after Saturday night uh, at Three Lines on a Kelt, where you find all good podcasts. Uh, Tommy, say goodbye. Goodbye, folks. Now say goodbye. See you in the semis. Dave, say goodbye. It's coming home, baby. And I'm Andy saying goodbye. Come on, England.